Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of our weekly Flats and Shanks podcast. I am Flats, a.k.a. David Flatman. I am Shanks, a.k.a. Tom Shanks. All right, Tom? Yeah, good. I'm all right. Well, I got a text from... Uh, go sorry, on. go on. I got a text from Mark Durden-Smith saying he was late yesterday to Chiefs. He's late everywhere because he's posh. and um, Arrogant. He said, don't rush. I'm a bit late, fella slash boy. <laughs> and... Obviously, he doesn't listen to our podcast, but he'd listen to one. He goes, it's so annoying the way you call each other fella and boy. I said, and it's become this fella boy hybrid. It's awful. <laughs> so it's a joke, you muppet. Is it? Well, it's not a very funny one. It's annoying. You he, just, he, uh, you know, if you're texting someone and you've called them like fella or pal or follow. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is a joke, but also it, uh, it's, it's very serious. It's derogatory. It means It means you don't really like him or... You, you know, you're trying to... Yeah, but also he won't he won't call anyone mate. I've never heard him say the word mate. Chum, I bet he uses. Because um, he's super duper posh. They're friends of yours, they're friends of yours, they're chums of yours, they're friends, yeah. They're mates, say mates. I say to him sometimes, when you say, he walks past people, that you see a million people you know at all the games, and he's like, hello there, hello, hi there, hello. So why don't you just say hi mate once? No, why don't I say hi mate? <laughs> It's impolite. It's impolite. It's insincere. Is what he says. It's insincere. Insincere. Hello there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, what you been well, up to, boy? Well, I hurt my shoulder. Believe it or not. Oh, oh, oh. So yeah. I mean, it's not through weights either. It's through. I mean, I, I was supporting my own body weight, but I was climbing up a tree. Oh. Yeah. So. It, it, it's hurting a bit, mate. If I'm honest, did it, did you fall out of the tree? No, I was just. It was quite a high branch, so I sort of pulled myself up and uh, didn't feel anything. But last night, you know, I've done something. I've, I've stretched a tendon, so you know, I might be in a bit of a bad mood today because I couldn't work out in the morning, and I like to work out in the morning because Dude, it just you? it just sets me up for the day, mate. 
you know, it gets all the endorphins going. It sets me in a positive mind um, for, for what's to come. So, yeah, yeah oh, you know, man. sorry if I'm a little bit down today, oh, guys, fella. but oh, I'm injured. Fella. I'm injured. I need some Volterol gel. That's what I need. Yeah. Yeah, I still keep that for my Achilles. Yeah, does it work? I still keep that bedside. It does, yeah. I sometimes put a load on and then put a sock on overnight. I could do with finding like a 1980s ultrasound machine. Because... Did they work? Well, ultrasound cures everything, doesn't it? That's the first thing yeah. That's the first thing a physio puts on you, is that ultrasound. Right on a bed. Right yeah. on a bed. It's ultrasound that. And, you, do, you know, it's not even turned on half the time, I don't think. But they just put a bit of gel on, a bit of cold gel yeah. on, move it around... Mark Davis right. carcass. Right. Mark Davis carcass. You know the Welsh yeah, physio. Yeah, Welsh physio. Yeah. Um, always had a mullet. Uh, he used to make you do it yourself. That was what? it. Yeah, so you could go off and treat someone else, or just do um, Ken yes. Bruce. Uh, what's it called? What What does Ken Bruce do in the mornings on Radio Two? Um, he does like the quiz, doesn't he? Is he Ken Bruce? Is that Ken Bruce? Yes. Ken Bruce. Yeah. Um, so we can answer like, questions yeah. on music. Popmaster, that's what he does. There you go, boy. Yeah. There you go, fella. Um, so yeah, could do with a bit of that, but apart from that, I'm all right. I mean, quite a quiet weekend. My, my wife went to London for a couple of days, so I looked after their kids. And not difficult. I mean, it's I was going to put... Yeah, it was difficult, actually. I was going to put on oh. Twitter... Uh, well, like, he's seven months, isn't he, the youngest? I was going to put on Twitter, how many, how many rusks can you feed a seven-month-year-old? You know, like without him falling ill. Without him becoming a rusk. Because that was the only thing that really kept him quiet. And I'm not stupid, yeah. you know. I'd feed him half a rusk at a time, but... You're not an animal. He loves them. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the only way to keep him quiet. As long as it's not unhealthy stuff, you're not just feeding them. He's a jar of Nutella and a wooden spoon. No. You... It's like, just keep him going, mate. Yeah, that's what I thought. Keep, just keep feeding him in like a wood chipper, isn't he? Yeah. Just Farley's rusks. Get in. Get him into him. He's quiet. He's happy. That's all you want. A happy Mate, baby. My, kid, my kids have been away for two weeks and I don't like it. I don't like it. It's nice to have a break, let's be honest. I don't like it. They've been they went skiing for a week with their grandpa, which yeah. is Alper, because he's Dutch. And they had a great time. And then they went from the south of France. They flew down there. Then they flew to um, Holland, where Alper and Oma are from. First class? They live in... No, no, of course they um, won't be. Stayed Kids. in their their place in Holland, and they're still there, and they're coming back tomorrow. Okay. Tomorrow being Tuesday, I'm picking them up for the airport, and I'm very much looking forward to it. I mean, oh, I'll hate you by tea time. But, oh yeah, of course, of course. But, you just want to give them back after an hour, don't you? You just you just want a bit of love, a bit some hugs. Yeah. I've missed you, and then right, see you later. Lucky little lucky little girls. Couple of holidays. Um, you been up to much, boy? Have you had a busy time, or is it starting to cool down a bit after the Six Nations? Cool down a little bit, my lad, but it was, um, I was at the Scarlet's on Saturday with the Nuggeteer. Of course you were. And Ross Harries. Harris. And Harris. We, yeah, we'll take the E out. We've talked about this. Yeah. Um, yeah but that was it really. I mean, it will it'll calm down a little bit, but then next week we're taking a load of customers with Gennaro to Judgment Day. So that's a big game, two big games oh, yeah. in the Principality Stadium. But then it will get a little bit quieter. But I mean, it's nice to be quiet, isn't it? For yeah, even if it's just for two or three weeks, 
And then Lovely. you've got the we've got the um, Rugby World Cup internationals, haven't we? Pre-internationals, the warm-up games. Yeah. So they'll hit us hard and fast, and we're doing a a live event in Walkabout before the Wales. England game, which is oh, yeah. the seventeenth. Is it the seventeenth of August? It is the seventeenth of August. Yeah, and then we're, we're, we're we've got a date. We've got a guest in mind, haven't we? But it's just TBC. Yes, he's a he's a he good guest. He's a lively guest. guest. He's a social uh, guest. Yeah, so we just it's just TBC at the moment. On and out a few uh, terms of heads of heads of terms, aren't we? Yeah, but if you go on our Twitter page, you can find out where to book. Uh, make sure you book early because last time we did it with Shane Williams, it was. Ramajam, chock a block. It was sold out, so getting yeah, it early. It sold out pretty quick because it's obviously because of you and me. But and we're we're tops off neck and pints, singing songs. Yeah, have a look at us. What do you think we look like naked? You know, greatest one to three. And That's what we want. And when you bring your guitar as well, it just takes it to another level, doesn't it? Yeah, we'll have a nice time. Um, yeah, so we'll 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 reveal our guest just as soon as he slash she has signed up. What have you been up to then? Oh, fella boy. Uh, it's so nice that it's calmed down a little bit, to be honest. I've enjoyed the Six Nations period and the little Six Nations hangover, but it's much more relaxed time. So I I went to a lunch with um, Heston Bloomsal on uh, Wednesday, which sounds cool, doesn't it? Yeah, you went with um, Matthew Hoggard, didn't you? With Hoggy, yeah. Um, we did the pod on Wednesday, so... I mean, yeah, that's right. That's right, that's right. Um, yeah, because he wasn't there. Um, but otherwise, mate, it's been like really nicely chilled actually i did a bit i did a bit of stuff so i went up to newcastle on friday night for the newcastle with bt for the newcastle against leicester game yes and you did you know it's one of those little the next day i already had something in the diary with ugo and it just meant that you come off air at 10 half 10 or something and you got to get in a car straight away got in a car and drove to workshop which is quite a long way from Newcastle at half ten. Never heard of the place. Where is it? Well, it's up north, isn't it? So you then you sort of checking into a hotel at twenty to two in the morning. Seven o'clock, your alarm goes off, and you're back at it, mate. Yeah. Um, That's the real world, glamorous. though, mate. That's the real world. Yeah, but I was meant to have. I was originally was meant to have dinner with uh, James Forrester, with Alex Brown, Andy Hazel, Ollie Morgan, basically a lot of the Gloucester boys yeah. and James Simpson, Daniel. And we all booked into this restaurant called Codge, which I told you about. I went to it during Cheltenham with yeah. Matt Powell. It just happened to be a guy from my school that Codgy. owned it and ran it and whatever. Codgy. Um, Codge. But I had to, unfortunately, I had to bin that to go to Newcastle. Codge Mahal. Um, Sorry. Codge Mahal, yeah. Um, so, yeah, but then it was, it was actually quite good. nice because I got to watch the finished work in Workshop. And I was meant to, of course do the Channel 5 live game, which was Gloucester Bath at King's Home. But yes. because they swapped the dates, it's only like a few weeks ago, we someone got we got an email saying, by the way, we didn't really know, but we're no longer doing the game you thought you were doing, and we're doing the West Country Derby. Oh. So a load of us just couldn't do it. So a load Manchester of us just couldn't do... City, David. I know, so we just had to say, sorry, can't do that. But I finished work at about five to three with Ugo in Workshop, got in the back of a car, luckily they drove me home which was very nice of them and watched the whole game on the bt sport app in the back of the car 
on 4G and it was actually genius. Quite a nice way to watch a game, that. I do think it's a really good app. I watch a lot of it on um, yeah, the It genuinely iPad is a really good app. On yeah. the computer. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, you it, it highlights where there's tries, where there's penalties, conversions, yeah. the lot. So you can, yeah. if you've missed it and you're, you're tuning in late, you can just scroll back and have a look at some of the highlights. And it's really good. Yeah, um, it was great. I do and enjoy And then down it. to Chiefs. Oh, Saturday night, I went at Ollie Barkley and a few other mates. Andy Beatty, the old back rower. Yeah, um, the beast. Yeah, and a few other mates, um, one of whom is called Ruta. And we called him Ruta because we had an Australian coach, Michael Foley, who was the Aussie hooker. Yeah. And he was convinced that, his name's Andy Owen, he was convinced that he was out there just pulling every single woman he could and he was nonstop at it. Because he was such a nice guy. He's like, I don't believe it. He, no one's that nice. You're a ruder, mate. You're a ruder. So he called him Ruta and it just stuck. And then he got this lovely new girlfriend who happened to be a mate of mine and Ollie Barkley's before he even met her. And yeah. like, one of Ollie's best mates. Friend. No, I live with Ollie, like best mates. Yeah. And um, genuinely platonic. And uh, yeah, she. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's just very pretty as well. Carry on. Anyway, so she was like, why do they call him Ruta? And I was like, oh, he used to be our video and video analyst at Bath. And then he went to Gloucester. And I was like, oh, because he's really good with computers. He's always sharing oh, yeah, Wi-Fi good. passwords on your phone. It's like, oh, good. So it's not it's not to do with like you know putting you know putting it about and getting around. I said, no, God, God no. no, no way. He is so good with tech with IT. Anyway, she still doesn't know. To, unless um, she listens to this, she just she stitched him right up. She's got two kids, mate. She's on this podcast, no. so she's so yeah. Went there Saturday night, and then went down to Chiefs on um, walked the dogs and went down to Chiefs on Sunday, being yesterday on Sunday, which was actually a hell of a match, and didn't expect that result. We'll talk about that in a minute. But there you are, really quiet, mate. So it's really nice actually to not have much to report. Yes, I mean because I, there's always a lot to report, and there's not a lot, and I love that sometimes. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Well, let's just talk about the Chiefs now. I mean, you've teed it up very well. You were All down right. there. Um, speaking of tea, speaking of teed, before we talk about Chiefs, Tiger Woods. Oh, mate. 
watched. I didn't watch. Let me just you you watch the golf. I did not watch one minute of it because it doesn't really interest me, and I'm doing other stuff. Um, it's got but, to interest you, mate. The Masters. Everyone, it doesn't. But everyone was in contention. The, I watched the news last night to see the bit on Tiger Woods, and I must say, I don't know anything about golf, but I am over the moon. I'm over over the Ben Moon, the Rupert Moon that Tiger Woods won that. I love it. Well, to start with, mate, I thought topic. it was going to ruin my day because they put the tee off times early in american time so i saw you tweeted you weren't happy no it was like two o'clock you know uk time so i was thinking the, the good thing about the u.s golf is that it's on in the evening so you know your duties are done the kids are in bed you can just put your feet up you watch it. that box yeah but i managed to crack into it at about half three four o'clock yesterday and obviously you get to watch the best because the the golfers that are in contention with the best scores tee off last okay there's a split tee off time as well because of the weather. So it just means they get round faster and they were in three balls as well. But it was anybody's. Molinari was, Frankie Molinari was two shots ahead going into the final round. And he was solid all the way through, all the way through. Then he hit the water on a par three, right? So he drops two shots. Yeah. He ends up dropping two shots. But he's still in contention. Yeah. Then he hits a tree branch and the ball goes into the water again. And that, that's him out. Two bad shots, he's out of it. Amazing. Then you've got Bubba Watson. He's storming ahead. He's Well, he's not storming ahead, but he's a, he's a late charge. Brooks Kepka, right back in it. Tony Finau. Um, Tiger Woods, you know, he's leading by, I think it's two shots going into the last hole. And you just know he's going to win it. He's that good a player. That, yeah. But you, you think, you know, it's 11 years. I think it was 2008 was his last major title. So it's a long time that he's gone without one. And you just think, will the nerves, will the nerves come back? Because, you know, that is a long time without going, without knowing what it's like um, to, to close off a major What's tournament. The, the like pressure that. on him as well. I mean, but Brooks Kepka, right? He could have nailed his putt on the 18th. He was a group ahead um, for a birdie, but he just misses it. And it was a, quite a small putt as well. And had he got that, potentially, it would have been a playoff between him and Tiger because he would have got himself to whatever the score was, 13 under. And Tiger ended up bogey in the last hole. But I just love the scenes after. It's brilliant scenes. You don't see much emotion from Tiger at all. No, but when, he, when he cuddled his boy, I was watching. I'm not afraid to tell you, I'm a bit of a crier since I had kids. And as soon as he picked up his boy and was cuddling his boy and his mum, I had tears in my eyes. Oh, was, and his daughter night. then as well. And his ma- but just, just to see him smiling and showing that raw emotion that you, you don't normally see you know he's normally like the ice man he's normally a real cool customer just takes it all in his stride but this was massive this was a huge tournament for him probably i don't want to speak for him i mean i'll have a chat with him later but text him so he says probably up there with one of the best majors he's ever won yeah and i do find it really strange though the whole process of presenting the green jacket after they're in like a little lodge in Augusta. Why do they keep the that? It's, it's crap, that. But it's, it's so like, awkward. I know. It's really awkward. They've got the amateur winner there as well. They've got the past winner and they've got the current winner because the past winner always passes the jacket to the current winner. But it's like, who can talk with the quietest of sensitivest voice? Who can yeah. really tone their voice to make it sound really, really smooth when they're talking to Tiger? And it is just you, you so Patrick that, Reed, who won it last year, presents Tiger with a jacket, and you know it, you don't see that in any other sport 
you know, you're normally out in front of everyone, you get presented a trophy, but the Masters is synonymous with the green jacket. And, you know, if there's a major to win, I think, it, you know, the Masters is the biggest one because of the history of the green jackets. And, but phenomenal, mate. Absolutely. Bigger than the Ryder it. Cup? Hey? Um, well, the Ryder Cup's only Europe and America. Well, no, it's not a major, but I'm just thinking a bigger event. Um, possibly not in terms of crowd participation because the Ryder Cup becomes a team sport, so it's us versus them. Whilst, yeah. you know, the majors, masters are all, you're all supporting individual golfers, really. But sure, everyone wanted Tiger to win. If it wasn't one of your own, like Poulter was in with a yeah. chance, and you know, you'd, it'd be nice. I, to I wanted Ian Poulter to win. win. Yeah. Once he's out of it, I want Tiger to win. Molinari, though, was good. I mean, I wanted Kepka to win because I'd bet on him. Um, but I also wanted Bubba to win because I had him at 50 to 1, but charge was too late. Uh, but phenomenal. But anyway, right. Extra Wasps. Let's crack oh. on. Do you know what? It was, it was brilliant because. It started just how you thought it would start. Yeah. Exeter ripping into it, scoring a lovely try, everyone grinning, Henry Slade, you know, glowing in the sun. Um, I loved Willie LaRue's attempted tackle on Jack Noel. Mate, what what breaks me a bit? There's no way he should miss that tackle because there's just not enough room. It's just, I don't know what it is. It's lack of commitment. That's what it is. Yeah, but... There's then a bit of a scruffle later on, and he's in there shoving people around. I'm like, mate, don't start shoving people around if you're not going to at least whack Jack Noel in a tackle. Oh, so like, you want, yeah, you want to punch people and you want to push people, but then a one-on-one, you don't really want to make it. Well, he, know, he knows he can't get punched because no one's punched anyone in for rugby for years in rugby. So he, know, he knows he's safe. He can just be a tough guy. And it's like, mate, whack the bloke. Jack Noel is brutally hard to tackle in those situations. I agree, so I agree. But, but at least there, whack him. There's no room there, though, mate. To You know, he's just... That's lack of that's lack of commitment. Yeah, I agree. This I week. agree. This week, but, but still, he still has to finish off the try. Yeah, yeah. But it was, but Gloucester just uh, was sorry, just were properly up for it, and they were playing for not playing from everywhere, but they were playing with proper ambition. Mega physical. Oh my god, Nathan Hughes. Yeah. And last week against Worcester, he was really, really dominant. He was excellent. So was Brad Shields. But respectfully, that's not the same as Chiefs away at Sandy Park. And he properly brought the thunder. Like he was just maiming people. Like, and he and it was only we'll talk about this in a minute. It was only the third best number eight performance I saw all weekend. And he was so dominant, like just whacking people. But also, Joe Simpson um, made twenty five tackles. That's a huge amount of tackles for a scrum half. That's unbelievable. It was that's really unbelievable. Good. But I mean, we we've just given Willie a bit of a hard time defensively. But when he's an attack. He re- because he's 15 and because as a 15 you can sort of roam the area you can either stay out wide and you can either sort of be like a strike runner or if you're you're skillful you know like your goods I suppose daily when he plays there as well is that you can just yeah. slot in at the second receiver but that yeah. really suits um, LaRue just becoming that second receiver off um, yeah. uh, Sopoana so Sopoana He'll put it behind a pot of forwards to LaRue and then LaRue just ends up running laterally. He's got a really good passing game as well. Um, and it just suits Wasps because they're danger men outside in Watson, Bassett and Daly. You know, there's threats there, there's pace there and that's the channels they want to get it down. So he suits that role 
like no one else. And you look at um, you look at the the break Daly made. You know, just gets outside Woodburn and Cowan Dickey's on the wing. You see a lot of forwards, a lot of forwards hanging out on wings. You know, that play the similar way to Exeter because you always want to have. You know, when you got the ball, you always want to have people in those wide channels because you're playing a wide game. So you know, you're trying to stretch defenders. But Cowan Dickey wouldn't necessarily know that well how to defend on a wing and just get sucked in. Um, just needed to stay out, didn't he? Yeah. But also, you need when you got someone out there who's not a very experienced defender because wingers step in all the time, don't they? But you yep. need. You but he didn't someone. need to step in because you know Woodburn's got Daly, and then yeah. But if I if I'm outside you. I'm almost looking at you thinking, what do I do? And you need to just say, go, 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 go. So I do not step in. That's all I need to hear is that. So yeah. I know that if I for, almost force him back inside, if anything, and then you're there. But I always used to think when I'm out there, don't step in unless someone says, no, I don't have, no, I haven't got him, whatever. And I it, panic stations, but I used to just think it's either go or no. But you can't you turn your body in like that know. as well. You know, you you got to be, because, you know, that's, you turn your body in like that, you lose momentum. So the point and the hardest thing about being a winner is that you don't sort of lose momentum because as soon as yeah. that pass goes, you know, you've got to be able to accelerate quickly. And if if all your momentum's gone because you've ended up having to turn your shoulders in and lose your, your feet, then he's gone. And that's what happens, basically. Uh, yeah. But the massive thing was for Wasps scoring on the red. I mean, nothing's on. And Nathan Hughes just grubs it through. It's one of those kicks where, you know, that wouldn't ever happen again because, you know, it was a, it was a, a strange bounce that ends up going into Watson's hands. But yeah, I mean, if you don't if you don't shoot, you don't score. I've always said that. If you don't grub at the ball, you don't threat. score. He was. I, I wonder, Tommy. I wonder if Anthony Watson's the big dog of those two so far, the lion and all that. But I wonder if. If Marcus Watson isn't the purest, the more the purest threat on the wing, you know, the pure winger of the two, and Matt Anthony Watson's perhaps in attack, maybe more suited to fullback. Maybe I'm making that up. Don't know. Uh, I mean, Marcus in... Watson, uh, you know, learnt his trade really in the seven scene. You yeah. know, so in terms of pure finishing, you know, there's not a better, not a better sport to play than sevens because that's all it is, especially for yeah. someone like Marcus Watson. You know, you get one-on-ones with a bit of space. You have to finish, and he does. And um, just quietly, and just quietly, two of the best wingers in the Prem the last few months have been Marcus Watson and Rory McConaughey from Bath, two sevens guys. So, you know, as if we needed convincing, yeah. sevens players can make very effective 15s players, believe it or not. They manage it in New Zealand, don't seem to manage it here very often. But, the, I mean, the, the best try was... Um, Zvanilia. Is it Zvanilia? Zvanilia? Uh, yeah, Zvanilia. 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 Lubavalu. Zizi. They call him Zizi. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, by the way, Lo- uh, Austin, in, Austin in comms called him Lovabalavalu. Lovabalavu. <laughs> it's Lovabalavu. Lovabalavu. Um, you know, that off. Lovabalavu. Lovabalavu. They're bound to have nicknames for all of them, aren't they? Yeah. No, it's just L. His name's L. It's like Toby Falatau. Fal Felice. Bow and Toby, it's a lot easier, isn't it? Yeah, much easier. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the crate, the spacey crates with that little offload, and then the interlink passing. But Zvalia, I love this try celebration. Just crosses hands. I love that. Yeah, I love that. But it's it was so good it was the last two minutes, which was I think would really impress Die Young, and uh, and just yeah, give them that extra confidence because Exeter were all over them. 
And you it's just think... Proper aggressive D, wasn't it? Really aggressive. And Josh Bassett ends up somehow keeping the ball in with a minute to go. He yeah. boshes his man into touch and then, for some reason, throws the ball back in. And you're thinking, yeah. oh, you know, if anything, throw it out. Works the time. But, I mean, it was nice for Wasps. It was nice for Die Young just to seal that game off. And a massive win as well up in Exeter. Not many teams do that. No. Do they at all? And it brings Wasps up to fifth. I know. And it, I spoke to Joe Launchby after the game, and it's like, does it feel nuts that you had such a poor season, really, overall? Like, your word's not mine, but it's obvious. And yet you're fifth. And he's like, yeah, it does. But it's kind of one of those seasons where everyone's lost a load of games, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and we look at Chiefs yesterday. Look at Saris at the weekend. We'll talk yeah. about that in a minute. Everyone's losing. Well, so, actually, it makes it a better league. We'll talk about it now, if you want, eh? Let's talk about it then, Bristol South, so Bristol, totally safe. Um, and that must be a huge weight Good on off them. the shoulders. Good on them. They've, they've come up this year. Um, it's not all gone brilliantly. You know, they've come up before and gone back straight back down. But, you know, they've just they found a way of winning some important games. And this was a massive game for, for Bristol. Massive win, should I say. I mean, Saracens are obviously thinking about the uh, semi-final they've got next week. There's no doubt yeah. about that. Why wouldn't you? Because that is a big game. That's more important than the league mm-hmm. at the moment because they're going to qualify for the um, playoffs and, you know, European yeah. um, top-tier competition. But Matt Prothero at 15, another another example of how you don't need to be big and physical to, yeah. to play the game. I thought you've got to be he's really good. <laughs> yeah, he was he's just really good. He was excellent. Um, Dan Thomas at seven, probably not the biggest of seven. He's one of those players, boy, that we're like, do you know what? He's got to play for Wales. He's got to. Then it's like, yeah, the age old question, who'd you drop then? And there's tons of them. Thomas Young can't get a first choice start. And you're like, James Davis. There's so many of them. Yeah, Cubby Boy. There's so many of them. But like, the thing that what I loved, what I really loved about uh, Bristol's win was just was that final try for Dan Thomas, right? It was a lovely little hole that opens for. John Alafoa, but that that is a difficult two on one. That's not just a simple one. You know, there's there's timing in that pass. You know, you've got um you've got the fifteen just backing off. You know, it's not it's not an easy one to do, but the timing of the two V one to Dan Thomas, it's just classic. Let, let me say this to you about John Alfoa, right? Makavunapola is the best ball carrying, distributing, probably offloading prop, if not in the world, pretty close to it. Okay, yeah. John Arfoa is the best, best prop in the Premiership in terms of core skills. So close two on ones, turning three on twos, three, converting three on twos. Yeah, he is brilliant. And yeah. I've watched him. You go to all these games. I've watched him in warm-ups. and there is, you know, it's it's John Arfoa and Danny Cipriani are the two guys with the quickest hands I, you know, I've seen in those little two-on-one drills. Cipriani's a joke, because we'll talk about him in a minute, but he's a joke because he's just got skills for skills for years and months and weeks. But John Arfoa is like that. And the stuff he pulls off in warm-ups, you're like... Yeah. And he's obviously practising it, practising it, practising it every day. When these situations come, he never cocks it up. He produces the best two-on-ones. He's, honestly, in terms of break, in terms of two-on-one opportunity versus conversion he would be up there with the best. I mean, he does this sort of stuff reasonably often over the course of a season and he's just class at it. He's just such a good rugby player. So those just kids listening, those kids listening, perhaps your core skills. Um, but it's Jackson Ray that gives a penalty away at the end and what a kick by Ian Wasn't Manigan. it Believer in Apola or was it Jackson Ray? Jackson Ray. Away? Now it's, right. you, you, 
It's not the hardest of kicks, right? Because it's in front of the post and between the 22 and the 40 meter line. But it's a pressure kick. And that, you know, pressure is, pressure does funny things to people. But Jackson yeah. Ray, so he goes to the ball, but he goes, he goes past the ball. Because, you know, often when you're jackling, you know, you're behind the back foot, your hands are over, you give it a go, you let go. But because he's gone past the ball, he then gets pulled into the ruck. Yeah, um, he sort of gets tackled into the rut because he's gone past the ball. Because there's, you know, it's a, it's a difficult clean out really to to try and wipe him out. So he ends up going into the ruck and then he can't move. And he's looking at the ref and he's. It's one of those penalties where you can't do anything about it. You know, you when you when you go to jackal past the ball like that, there's a chance you're going to get pulled into the ruck, and then there's a chance that Bristol, the team with the ball aren't going to be able to get clean ball away and it's an I've easy got a technique for that though, it's an mate. easy option for the ref what's your I've technique got a technique for not giving away penalties there a spell Zach Zach Fernati, uh taught me this once he's like if you're pinned down and you can't get off the ball wriggle like frig like a rugby league player yeah. like an ele- rugby league player being electrocuted and if that doesn't work after two seconds punch somebody yeah, throw a punch because you're so angry they're holding you in. You might get pinged for the punch, but you're going to get pinged anyway. But you're going to get pinged, you know. Even if you might get if... pinged anyway, but even if now you throttle somebody or something, you don't actually punch somebody, or you grab them by the head or whatever, or by the collar and yank them around. You go proper aggressive on it, so the referee knows you're angry at being held in, and you might you might not get pinged. They might say, "Do you know what? I know you're angry, but I see you're being held in." Yeah, whereas you're going to get pinged anyway. I think he was trying, but there was a lot of weight on top of him. So it was one of those where yeah. you, you can't really, you know, he didn't have any body parts free to wriggle. But, yeah, you know, given the ref a picture and, you know, you look at that, it's a penalty. And uh, Ian, McGa- Ian Madigan slots it. And I just love the celebrations. I, I love the fact that Bristol Bears put the lyrics of um, their celebratory song underneath for us. Oh, just for us. Well. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, were you singing along? Because I was. Yeah. It was great that in my head. I kept trying to get the rhythm right. That bird, be ye. Yeah, so I've uh, sung it before loads of times in the bath, like bath around bath, and I never knew the words. I always got blackbird, where be ye? Blackbird, I'll have ye. Yeah, that was it. Um, so Gloucester Bath. Do you know what? Just the it's it's the most compelling game I've watched in ages. Mm. And would you like me to tell you why I think that? I I would. Really okay, would. so really. Really Gloucester, Gloucester clear favourites, even though they've got a makeshift back three. Well, Purdy's not makeshift. He hasn't played that much this season. Um, Banahan at 15. Um, and it, it it's had all the, had the market makings of Gloucester should be favourites, but Bath might, might be able to undo him with a bit of clever play from Freddie Burns. Freddie Burns was absolutely class in that game. He was class. And the first 30 minutes, he was super dominant, best player on the field. After that, Gloucester started to come back into it. and It's easy to say Freddie Burns faded. I don't think he did fade. I really don't. I think he still looked great. But Cipriani came into it more because his pack started dominating. Um, the, the locks in particular of Gloucester were super dominant, super active, Mostert and Slater. And the back row was great. But I, I just think Ben Morgan had one of his another great game, really, really forceful and getting over the game line. But I just watched that game and you see momentum go. And it... Re- go here and there. And it just reminded me of the third test South Africa, England, a couple of seasons ago where Cipriani finally got a start for England. Yeah. And the first 20, 25 minutes, people are saying, everyone's on Twitter saying finally gets a start. He's not doing anything. He's invisible, disappears in big games. I knew he would. And I'm watching him thinking he's not disappearing. 
he's just if the if the space is somewhere else or someone else is better off having the ball, he has grown up enough and has got enough vision and patience to let someone else do the stuff, to let someone else get the glory, whatever it is. If he's better off just shipping it on because they're putting loads of pressure on him, he's willing to do that. He's not actually overplaying his hand and yeah. it's not all about him. And I watched him in that game. Gloucester were getting smashed, 17-0, whatever it was. They're getting smashed to bits. Like Bath was so dominant, shredding them. Freddie's putting them where they want to be. And I watched Cipriani and he was complete calmness. 17-0 down, complete calmness. Telling everyone what they need to do, telling the four-pack what he wants, running in, telling the forwards what he wants, running back out again, telling the backs what he wants, telling Banahan where to stand, you know, properly in control. And I watched him just work that team back into the game. And there's a weird thing, partly because Bath have lost loads of games where they've been ahead <laughs> this season. But more than that, moreover, because I watched Cipriani, and it just felt inevitable that Gloucester were going to score tries. It felt inevitable because he just... It's, everyone says, oh, he plans three or four phases ahead. I never know if that's balls or not. What I do know is he can look at a defence, he can have a glance at a defence, he can look back, receive the ball from his nine, and he knows exactly what to do almost every time. And yes, he produced some moments of brilliance, like the no-look pass to Josh Honeck was just savage. Like It's just, apart from anything else, it's just cool. But also, <laughs> it's just a- also the clock had gone red for the end of the first half then, so it was a massive momentum swinger as well, because you know if that stays as it is, it's 17-0 to Bath half-time. But yeah. it doesn't. And as a defender, you always, you know, you, you're taught to look what's in front of you, but you also got to keep scanning. So you've got to keep looking at players. And he's a type of player that you just cannot read because you think he's going to throw yeah. the ball out the back like Jamie Roberts did. He throws it short. You think he's going to throw it short. He throws it out the back. There is no point really looking at him because it's a lottery as to what you think he's going to do to what he does. Yeah, and it just the control he took over that game. Uh, just It was just like that England game. He came into it later, later, later. Second half, more and more influence, then produces the moment of genius that wins in the game. And I, I watched that, and I, I've thought it for ages, and I watched it and just thought, there is, no, there is no better rugby player in England. There isn't one. I'm not talking about in the Premiership, because there are other guys. I mean, I, I think there probably aren't, actually. But, um, you know, Leah Williams might have a shout at the moment. But I, in terms of English players playing in England, I do not think there is a better one. And in terms of fly halves, I mean... I do think you need a big bruiser. Um, not a big bruiser, but you need someone who's who's decent in the contact area, um, sort of around him. So Atkinson's someone like Mark great. Atkinson. Yeah, exactly. Great. So you need a player like that because if you have, say, a, a fairly lightweight 12 around him, then, you know, if you're an attacking team, it's going to be... The yards are going to be too easy to get. Manu Tulangi at 12 yeah. or Owen Farrell at 12 who can whack people if yep. you want yep. and Slade or Joseph at 13 yep. uh, you know it's one of those things that in terms of just as my view and I could you know you might know better than me I, I will I, Carry on. I cannot imagine picking an England team without Owen Farrell in it because he's a beast and it's not just a big beast he is a competitive beast and that is so useful it's so handy it's like Dan Bigger Dan Bigger's won Wales games and Saints games a couple of times just through it seems like sheer force of will he's won them games now if you but in terms of pure fly-half play, George Ford, to my eye, is a superior fly-half to Owen Farrell. And I feel I don't feel there's much argument there. George Ford has been brilliant this season, and he is brilliant. But I think Cipriani is a level ahead again. And I think that what you're talking about is England going to a World Cup with their third-choice fly-half playing fly-half. And although he's a wonderful player, 
if you're if you're talking about systematically unlocking defenses and 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 guiding a team, I think if you give Cipriani the keys, you stand a better chance of winning the World Cup. I said this before in terms of of England. You look at England, and you know they went on that twenty circa twenty game win. Who was your ten and twelve? Yeah, Fordinator and Fowlinator. Yeah, and I think it just. I think it gives you another dimension. Um, but saying that, you know, Tuolangi coming back, you know, I feel like he has to play Slade. I feel he has to play. So what the problem you got, I think, with England is that there's so many players playing yeah. well that, you know, like five or six doesn't fit into three. Um, yeah, here's my thing, Tommy. It does for the All Blacks. Yeah. 10, 12, 13. They mix it up. 10 less, 10 less so. But they mix it up, and they you know, we've, we've said this before in the pod. They've got to World Cup finals with four centres, mm. two twelves, two thirteens, who all played loads of rugby. But maybe they got a clearer, maybe they got a clear identity of of how they want to play. I mean, they, it yeah. doesn't really change how they want to play. Whilst I think it does a little bit with England with personnel. Um, I guess Manu changes everything. It he's does. A freak. But a little word, mate. Um, I've got to do on um, on Matt Banahan as well because. I mean, yeah. it's life in the old dog yet. Yeah. I mean, it, there's still pace there. Mate. Honestly, you look at um, he, when he gets on as a scrum Gloucester, Cipriani sets them all up. Banhan gets on the outside of McConaughey. McConaughey's just is, is too tight. McConaughey can't get him. And all of a sudden then he feeds Purdy and it's a try. And it nearly happened in the yeah. second half as well. Good pass as well, that. Really easily good pass. Easily cocked up pass. Just that. a well-timed pass. But, you know, there, there's still a lot of... There's still hunger in there there's still pace in there the legs haven't gone at all and it's surprising because he is a big bloke and you think right he's a big bloke he's strong can he actually shift but 100% in a a foot race he wouldn't he wouldn't beat many wingers in the prem however on the angle almost moving laterally he has got enough pace to do damage still and he looked great at 15 and under the high ball he's seven foot four and 18 stone so you know, if he doesn't, if he's not good under the high ball, he wants putting down. So I, I don't know. I, want, I wonder if there might be a few more games at fullback for him because I know it's Maybe. only one game, but he looked great. He looked really, really good, and it, it's a lot easier to pull uh, an average fullback apart like England did to a Johan Uge and they did to Robbie Henshaw, not natural fullbacks. But that your, your pack has to be properly at it to do that because then you're on the front foot and you're picking your holes and you're not kicking off, kicking off your heels, but. The Gloucester pack is good enough to guarantee that most weeks. And I wonder if there's not a few more games there. I, I just thought it was the most compelling game. And that purely from a fly half point of view, because I just watched Cipriani and reminded me of that England game. And I just thought this guy is absolute class. And he's not a chancer. He's not reckless. He just nope. he just knows what to do better than everyone else. He and does. Freddie Burns was brilliant. Love watching him play like that. Well, that George kick, that kick from McConaughey... Um, I mean, it's nearly undefendable. It is, you can obviously defend it. Because, pretty close to defend, undefendable. Yeah, yeah, it is pretty close because it was that spot on. But what McConaughey does is he just he hugs that touchline. You know, he's not five meters in. He is, he's on. Yeah. He's over the touchline, and that just gives him that little bit of extra room. But the kick is you can't get a better kick than that. No, it's brilliant. And but George Ford as well moving up to Kingston. I love that game. But George Ford moving up to Kingston Park for Friday night. It was one of those. It was one of those mega games that was probably more important for Newcastle than it was for Leicester. But the big story was Leicester because they might go down, kind of thing. Yeah. But those games almost always disappoint because there's so much on it. No one wants to do anything. Uh, but it didn't. I mean, it was a really, really good game, and a couple of interesting bits were 
George Ford just running the show for the first half an hour. There was one team in it and then just a little bit of inexperience. So down the blind side, you had a couple of errors. You had Mike Fitzgerald, who is a really good second row and a really good hard rugby player on the blind side for Tigers. Now, that's helpful for your scrum. It's helpful for your line out. It's not great around the field and it's not great defensively offset piece because he doesn't. he's not as natural at doing what a six does. So Mark Wilson breaks off the base of the scrum and Fitzgerald is nowhere. He's scrummaging his tits off on Ellis Genge because he's a second row and he's a scrum pig and he wants Ellis Genge to smash Rodney Ayew. That yeah. battle was great on Friday night, by the way. Rodney Ayew was brilliant. But he wants to smash him and do him. And it's like, actually, mate, you've got at that point, you've got to do just enough to give Genge what he needs and then you've got to back off. You've got to be ready to fly. And he wasn't and he got left for dead. And then you've got Jordan Oluwafella now. I mean, look, oh, Jordan, it, yeah, horrible fella. It, it's not the end of the world that he doesn't get to Mark Wilson because they're still they're still marked up. It's not like Mark. It's not like Wilson made a break, you know. But he just gets on the outside of him. Yeah, but you've got no, it's, no. But you've then got, and you'll know. Well, this is obvious, really. But we had Rory Underwood walk past us at half time. He's up at the game, and I said, "How about that bit of defence from Oliver Fellow when he got stepped by Gonover?" And he goes, "The problem is." You either get right in his face or you back right off. You don't go. You don't get half cooking. You don't get half pregnant. They weren't his exact words, but that's what we used to say. Yeah. If I don't get half pregnant, and it was that seemed to sum it up perfectly for me because he just. I mean, that's a big. That's a big learning for him. That, but Gonover's step off the left was just I know. beautiful. I know. Like, but, but if you fruit five, mate. Yeah. What I'm saying is, if you fruit, if you pause that when Gonover gets the ball, you're still in a position to nullify the attack. You know, there's, there's still a one on one. Yeah. Um, but what you're saying is completely right. He just he's just flat-footed. He's stuck in the mud. Yeah. And wow, talk, talk us through Scott the step. Gonover. Talk us through the Gonover step. He catches it and he sort of bounces and goes and bang. And there's there's a, there's a yard there. Yeah. And there's there's only a meter and a bit, probably one and a half meters. And he goes around a Premiership winger. Yeah. Who's quite tall with long arms without getting touched. And it's just and. He's got, he's just, he's got everything. He's just, he's my blooming fave winger. I love him. And what a step. Just a, he, he's just a beautiful thing to watch in motion because he's so big and powerful, but mm. he's graceful and he's balanced. Just like what yeah. a player. And feeds it inside to Takalua. Now, George Ford's got him. He's got him. But the problem with Takalua is he's a cannonball. He's got massive forearms. He's really hard to get hold of. And he just bang, bang. He just bullies George Ford in the contact and scores. And, that, him and that's, and scores. The, you know, you get Farrell in that position. Then Farrell's making that tackle. That Farrell gets him, yeah. That, yeah. That's that's the only downfall you can see with George Ford. And it's, you know what, though, mate. It's not a good attempt. It's not a good attempt because you know he goes twice. But George does put his body in the way usually. Yeah, no, I'm not saying I'm not saying that. I'm not saying he shirks out. But that's just poor technique. You know. Yeah. If you if that's the type of tackle you want to make, you have to be real decisive in slapping that hand down. So what he's trying to do is when that hand comes out from Takalua, he's slapping it down with his left hand he's wrapping with his right and but if that's a tackle you go for you have to get it spot on and he doesn't and then he just ends up falling on his face and it doesn't look yeah. good um if you're if you're a defensive coach it doesn't look good in any eyes right. it's it's poor because look tackle is is powerful but he's not you're not talking 16 stone either you know at least, he's a get, a, at least get a handful of jersey and jump on the floor because then you stop him yeah, um, but but Guy, Guy Thompson, boy. Yeah, I know. Wow, wow, wow. The turnover as well at the end. 
how good have you got to be that Ben Morgan plays like that, yeah. Nathan Hughes plays like that, and you are still the best number eight of the weekend by a million miles? And he's he really a so six good. or a seven, isn't he, as well? Yeah, he, know, was, but, he was class. Um, there a little bit of um, Twitter chat around the clean-out of Toby Flood by Gareth Owen. Yeah. Um, I know you don't think it was anything wrong with it. And I'm not saying... That's, you know, I, I'm just going on terms of what we've seen for red cards over the last year. And yeah. um, if if we want the consistency, which, and, and that is subjective to who is refereeing the game. You know, one week it's yeah. a red card, the other it's not. So it's difficult. You're not got the same ref. But I just don't think, I think they should have had a, a better look at it. Um, and I, first off, Toby floods off his feet. Okay, so. That's your first offence. That, that is a, it's a penalty. Um, but... It looks to me like Gatherin intentionally has gone in and um, sort of shoulder, sort of forearm. The arm comes through as well, and it's connected yeah. with Flood's head. So I think they, they brush past it, and I think potentially that should have been a card. You see... Apollo, the Terminator Perellini, rugby league legend, yeah, uh, and he coaches up in Manchester now, I think, or somewhere else. But he said a tweet which summed it up perfectly for me. It's like the problem is, if we want to, if we're being pedantic, let's be pedantic. He didn't say these exact words. Let's be pedantic and let's penalise the first offence, which is Toby Flood lying flat on the ball. Yeah, that's the first offence. Then, if you want to clear him off, which is your job, how do you clear him off when he's? Let's just say his basically his face is on the ball, effectively. How do you clear him off? There is no room between his head and his neck and the tackled player. Yeah, but that, happens no all, that happens all the time at Jackals. So people yeah. people manage to do it without shouldering or forearm. It's it's the height of the it's the height of the jackal. It's, it's, it's not in. the same, Tommy. You've got someone lying flat on their front versus someone whose yes, head and shoulders are on or near the ball, but the rest of their body's up. So you can hit them. You don't have to hit them in the head. You don't have to. You don't. You're not trying to get underneath them like a fish slice. You can knock them off balance, and they fall off. Most ruckers, or a lot of ruckers, you can hit, and they fold backwards. Yeah. They fold backwards or fold to the side, and you can't do that with someone lying flat. No. Nope. So if you know, if you, if you just imagine we're both in an empty car park, and I've got head and shoulders over the boy in a jackal position, you can hit me from a certain angle or straight on, and I'll fold back over my ass or I'll trip over. Can't if I'm lying head, flat though, on mate. it. No, but if I'm lying flat, I just think he leaves those. In the heat of the moment, flying in, he leaves those ruckers, those clear-out men, with very, very little option. And I think to have a better look, and have a, I think you can't argue that it would have been worth having a good look at. I think, um, it, I think it's, I, I agree with you, right? But, but it's his technique. His technique is, is poor. It looks intentional. It looks like he's gone in to hit Toby Flood's head. Um, he's not, yeah. he's not clearing out like you're supposed to. He's clear. He's being clumsy, is what. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, okay. So, um, but look, I'm not. I'm just going on what we've seen previous red cards for. Yeah. And you know, yeah. I don't like seeing them because it does ruin games. You you look at Imhoff's one. You look at Cipriani's one. There's loads to, to choose from. Um, yeah. That's happened this year. And you know, if if you're going to get a red card for for instances that we've seen so far, then I think that that deserves one. It ruins a game. But I'm not saying. I'm saying some of the others aren't red cards either, but in terms of consistency, which is is really hard, and I hate saying is, it. Ultimately, it's impossible to achieve, but you, you yes, want as much is. as possible, basically. Yeah. Yeah. But but anyway, yeah. um, it was a, a very, hell, hell of a hell of a contest. A hell of a game. Newcastle, mate. I think I think Newcastle will go down now. 
Um, um, yeah. After what we saw from firstly Bristol, I guess to a point, but also from Worcester at the weekend. I think yeah. Well, did you see that? Really did you struggle. see that result come in? Thirty-nine, um, no. seventeen. And Steve Diamond said so pathetic. <laughs> I love that word. I use it sometimes for the boys when you know we've arranged to play golf at nine and someone turns up at five past nine mostly. But I just go, mate, it's pathetic. Yeah. <laughs> I think you said it to me when I've moved our podcast timings around for the fifth time in a week. Well, to be honest, right? Because we agreed to this pod now. Did it annoy you when I text you and said any chance of doing it tomorrow? I, we met, it's Monday. It's Monday half ten where we are, people. And I said to Sh- he's still on for ten thirty tomorrow, boy. And I texted him back saying, "Can we do eight forty five tomorrow night, Tuesday night?" And I just put text no because <laughs> I did, I got moved. Just my for a life second, did it annoy you? you? No, I'm really chilled, mate. The only thing that annoys me is climbing up a tree and hurt my shoulder. Um, yeah, Alex Mitchell scoring a try yeah. for Saints. Off the base. And James, Gra- and James Grayson kicking the points well, was a great... Why, yeah, why was that? Because it's not as if Dan Bigger's not used to the big occasion at all. You know, he's an unbelievably confident bloke. And he would have wanted that kick, but I'm not sure why he didn't take it. Maybe he took a knock early on. Um, yeah. But, I mean, that's irrelevant really because what James Grayson nails the kick. And it's a big kick as well. It's huge. Yeah, not 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 a brilliant game that, but a brilliant kick to end it. And ultimately, RC Tuala walks in for their first try, and Mitchell makes a break where you frankly shouldn't be able to make breaks. Yeah. Um, six. Someone's not on it. It's so just a defensive error, and you're too easy to score against twice, and you lose at home. And they've now lost four on the bounce in the prem. Top four looks under threat. Yes. They're not. They're not in a good place. It wasn't a brilliant game, but Saints are doing a brilliant job, and that's. That's why you'd back them to beat Newcastle. I think they play Newcastle at Kingston Park. Um, Chiefs also, uh, Newcastle also play Gloucester away. And frankly, they got no chance of winning that game. I'm happy to eat my words, but... So we're saying, win, but... we're now saying Newcastle down. Yeah, I reckon. I reckon they're going to really struggle. After last year. I know, it's, it's amazing. Um, but Worcester battered sale. Josh Adams' hat-trick wasn't the hardest hat-trick in the world, to be fair. But yeah. Bryce Heem's yellow card and a dog woo was fair enough. I thought it might have been red, but I feel glad it wasn't. Um, he properly tips him though. Um, yes. But the, the player of the game for me was Ethan Waller, the loose head, and not because he was dominant at scrum time and whacking people, because he gave a great pass at the line to Sam Lewis. He went through to score. He played really well. And he was the one that chucked the ball over the top, over the top, lobbed miss pass to Josh Adams. So you think, this is a loose head prop. And we, we're getting used to it now because we've got... We're Macko blessed, we've aren't got we? We're blessed John with Offo as a tight end. Know, we've props. Got, yeah, there's loads of them. But I mean, crikey, that's, that's two brilliant pieces of play. Like, they would have been career-defining moments for me, <laughs> like, you know. And these boys are doing it every week. They're just you know brilliant. what the career-defining moment for you was, don't you? Oh, I wasn't going to mention it. I mean, I produce my best moments at test level, which is the, the you know the mark of a real test animal. Argentina, yeah, yeah. Phil Christopher's, yeah, one legend to another. <sighs> um, yeah, no, I okay, fine. So he was your he was your player of man of the match for that okay. game. Um, yeah. You know, in the Pro Fourteen, you know, I cover that. So yeah. this is heating up, okay, because it's top three that go through of both groups. So yeah. um, Munster, so Glasgow finished top of of Conference A. Um, they beat Leinster at the weekend really well. It was a great game, that was. Loads of tries, just back and forth. You know, yeah, great, each team kept game, taking yeah. the lead, really good. Um, Sam Johnson scored another great try. You know one he scored against England yeah. uh, for Scotland. He scores a similar one against Leinster. Looked really good, but... You know, Leinster are, are focusing on next week as well, um, European game, and some of their big players weren't playing. But still, you know, you're still yeah. you're still representing, 
you know the province which is Leinster which is just littered with with results and you know they lost uh, they well they didn't lose they drew to Benetton last week um, in the Pro 14 so you know I think uh, a big European win now at the weekend will put things right but Glasgow, Munster, Connaught they're all through Blues had to play Connaught at the weekend and yeah. that was a massive game because we possibly could have a top tier European competition next year without any Welsh representation, even though they won yeah. the Six Nations. So, um, Connaught. Hey, that's, a, that's amazing, yeah. Yeah, it is. But Connaught won that. Um, Blues got a bonus point. But there was there was a controversy over a try, um, which was Jason Harris. And it's whether his hand touched the line the same time as the ball in a left-hand corner. It's a turnover. Yeah. It, it comes... It comes to the left. And, you know, when you look at it, and it's easy once you're on social media or you're at home because you can take as long as you want over it. There's no pressure yeah. on you. You decide yourself. Um, it's not it's not 100% clear cut, but it does look like the ball just momentarily hits the ground before his fingers. And it's not given. And the Blues end up losing that game 29-22. So, in terms of of how important that decision was, absolutely huge because the Blues needed to win that. You know, they win that, they're in the driving seat. They've got the Ospreys in Judgment Day next day. They could finish third, which means they're also in the playoffs and they're in Europe. So, a massive occasion that was. Um, but then you look at the Scarlets as well. Okay, so the Scarlets ended up beating Zebra heavily in the end. Um, yeah. I can't remember the score. Um, but I'll tell you right now, it was 42 points to nil. And Johnny McNichol was fabulous through it. Oh, was he? Yeah. Oh, he, was, he qualifies for, for Wales soon. The whole back row were were brilliant for Zebra. They look, uh, for Scarlets. They looked better when um, Reese Patchell came off the bench, about 50-minute mark. Uh, but uh, Kieran Hardy scored a wonder try after a nice bit of work from um, McNichol again. But in terms of the table now, so the Scarlets need to f- they've got the dragons next week in um judgment day right so they need to finish with yeah. a bonus point edinburgh need to lose um and benetton right. need to lose as well and benetton have got zebra so it looks like they're going to win so potentially we're going to have a playoff between either the blues and ospreys or scarlets and edinburgh as to who gets the final position in europe so not looking great if i'm being brutally nice. honest no, it's not, is it? I mean, Leinster, Ulster, um, always there, thereabouts, always going to be top, as are Munster and Glasgow. The surprise package this year has been Benetton Treviso. I know, after all the hammerings we gave them. Their, I know, their final game is against Zebra, and you know they'll win that. They're a good enough team to win that, which means they're going to finish in third position, which means they get into the playoffs, but also um, the Heineken Champions Cup. So, lots going on. The Ospreys had a bonus point win, but you'd 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 think that um, as they were playing, I think it was Southern Kings. So, I mean, it's a big weekend, but this is, I mean, there's no relegation in this league, so that's why um, it gets exciting because we have the playoffs. Yeah. You know, you yeah. the Guinness Gallagher, sorry, the Gallagher Premiership is exciting, yeah. is because you know you got. 
Relegation. Relegation, yeah. So so there is excitement to be had when relegation doesn't exist. Is that what you're telling me? Massively. It was the Southern Kings. Yeah, the Ospreys played the Southern Kings, 143-7, and Dan Evans scored three tries. Um, but yeah, I mean, we get excited about the playoffs. We get excited about qualifying for the top-tier European competition. Yeah. You get excited about, really, relegation. Yeah, that's basically it. Because it's so close down the bottom. Well, you play, playoffs are also great fun. Yeah, playoffs are good. Obviously. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Playoffs are good. But I suppose playoffs for for us in the league we play in become less exciting if you don't have any representation there from your home country. Oh, yeah, hugely. Yeah. Hugely. Yeah, there's no time, um, Mate, we've gone rugby heavy again. I know, what are we like? Are you, are you feeling all right? We're blooming mad, aren't we? Oh, I Should just... we calm it down a bit? It's because we haven't been busy enough because we're sitting on our asses doing nothing all week. I know. We saw a little uh, clip of some of the ITV uh, Japan video. Oh, yeah, yeah. We've done. It looked good, actually, didn't it? It did look good. It did look good. You're not good. allowed to say your own stuff looks good, but it did look... We. I think it's actually the, not the, the genius of that is in the editing. Yeah, not the <laughs> content. Not the. Co- I mean, Harry Hesp done it as uh, ITV's done a good job at editing, but it's... It's more the dramatic music, and I, we don't want to give too much yeah. away. But this is this is the firewalk, and uh, it's it's how the dramatic music just adds to it. It's sort of Top Gear esque, isn't it? Yeah, you realise um, it's it's yeah they've they've done a good job with that. Actually. So that's coming out soon. Knackers. So hopefully that will come out soon, and and you'll be able to view it and then give us your own opinion. Um, yeah. But anyway, yeah, so know, yeah. so our man oh, of the, the way, week listening, is Tiger Woods. To a really good yeah. po- man of the week, Tiger Woods. Second, Guy Thompson. Um, Quick little thing. I'm listening to a podcast recommended by Durders, and it's just Desert Island Discs, and it's from 2010. Nigel Owens on there. Nigel, close. Nigella Lawson. Ah, okay. Wow, she's clever. Is she? Wow, wow, wow! Is she clever? Um, yeah. She makes cooking sexy. Sassy. Oh, don't mate. I I can't think about her too much. Otherwise, I end up getting hungry. Yes. If you know what I'm saying to you. Yeah. Um, she's one of my favourites, along with Kirsty Allsop. Anyway. My favourite is uh, Jamie Oliver. He's my favourite. He's my favourite chef. You are a whack You are a that. Have you seen um, uh, George Dawes doing his <laughs> Jamie Oliver? Oh impression? yeah. <laughs> he used to do oh, on yeah. Shooting Stars. I say this to you now. Oh. Of those two, yeah. it surprises me a bit that David Williams is the one who's gone larger because I always found Matt Lucas to be infinitely more amusing on Shooting Stars. George Dawes, he was phenomenal. Um, right, I have to say this. Did you watch Line of Duty last night? No, got it, tape boy. Don't mad, don't do it. Mad. Don't do it to me. It's one of the best. It's you just can't tell who's good, who's bad. Did you watch SAS Celebrity Who Dares Wins? No. Is that good? Is it worth it? Yeah. Okay. I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it. I've got it taped. I've got it taped. But um, yeah, I'm gonna watch Got tonight. That was recorded at two o'clock this don't, morning. Don't, mate. I can't. I can't bear my day without having seen it yet. Okay, I've not seen it yet, but I will. I'm so excited. It's my favourite TV show in the whole on in the whole planet. Okay. Well, fella, I've got to go to the car garage now to get a nail out of a tyre. Um, oh, no, boy. Yeah, but I'll probably what I'll probably do, uh, you guys won't know this because by the time you listen to it, it would have done, but I'll probably edit that in the waiting room whilst having a, a cup having of a Nescafe what? coffee. A cup of Nescafe. Or a chicken Ugh. soup. I don't know. Mate, Nescafe coffee, I'm sorry. I know we might get a sponsor one day that's them and they'll hear this and not sponsor us. Oh, it's horrible. Boy. I don't mind don't it. Do I don't it. mind the gold blend. I mind it. Okay, well, you're a coffee snob. What's our, what's our best mate, Gareth Watley from um, Nespresso, going to think about that? Gives us nothing. You think we're plugging now. The bloke gives us nothing, does he? He sent nothing. It's like he's, we're his best mate, all the live pods. We're hugging and doing selfies. He knows where we live. 
What's the point in having him as a mate? Yeah, I wish I never ever replied to the hundreds of emails he sent saying, hi, what are you up to? I'm going to whack him Not when I see him. Yeah. I'll whack him when I see him. Um, right, lots of love, everyone. Yeah. Bye. Happy Easter. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.